Hello and welcome to another episode of Heal Yourself with me, Sarah Dawkins, the podcast that shares real people sharing their own healing journeys so that you can see it is possible to heal yourself. And today with me, I have Jackie Scully, who is an accomplished history and psychology teacher, as well as both the creator and the host of the Teacher Story podcast. Beyond her podcast, Jackie is also the co-founder of The Teacher Circle, a thriving LinkedIn group that fosters a global community dedicated to supporting educators and stakeholders in the field of education. With a mission to promote dignity in education for all, Jackie is a driving force in the pursuit of a brighter future for learners and educators alike. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you so much for having me here. And that was a beautiful introduction. Just touched my heart. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for being a guest on Heal Yourself podcast. Now you have healed yourself, haven't you? Yes. And I would say it's still, you know, always an ongoing journey. You know, you're always kind of tapping into a deeper layer of yourself when you're on this healing journey. But yes, it's been um, quite... A journey since 2022 really so still very recent yeah yeah would you like to share with the listeners what you feel and how you feel it yeah so going through the pandemic i think as many i think would resonate with this um time period and connection to this story um being a teacher in the pandemic was quite challenging i think would be challenging for many professions just many people in different roles and we were kind of asked to do so many things um, and caring about children in a different way, really seeing them struggle with their mental health, but also being in a place where we weren't really having anyone take care of our mental health. So it kind of came to this um, dark night of the soul, you know, as a, a phrase that's used, especially in the spiritual world. Um, which I didn't have that terminology for at the time, but it was like the winter of 2021. And 2021 was actually harder than 2020 because it was just ongoing and we had hybrid. We were teaching kids at home, in person, wearing masks all day, doing testing. Um, the feeling of absolute burnout and just a numbness that was just not within myself, but within the culture of the school community. And I would say that this is not just my own story at my own particular school, but across the world, you know, um, people in education and just in general. And to see children really suffering and being isolated and not having a connection and then yourself also going through it. It was just like trauma, 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 like on top of trauma in a system that already had a lot of trauma um, that really wasn't fully exposed until going through the pandemic. I mean, this wasn't just because of COVID. I mean, this was like things coming out that just really were not taken care of for a very long time in the education system. So I came to a place in the winter of 2021 where I, I remember, I mean, it feels like a singular moment, but I think it was a drawn out period of time of laying down in my bedroom and just not crying, not feeling anything, like not feeling angry, not feeling sadness, like a literal 
numbness that actually scared me more than being completely depressed because I've gone through depression, you know, different various stages of my life, um, as I'm sure many people have. And that's a huge spectrum. I, I teach psychology. So I talk to my students about how like everything's a spectrum. It doesn't look like one thing. But it was this this feeling of I just want everything to stop. Like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to be a wife. I don't want to be a dog mom. I don't want to be a friend. Like, it was this weird feeling of I just wanted to stop. And I can't equate it to feeling like these, like, suicidal ideations. Like, it was just, it's hard to explain. It was just like, I I didn't know how to be in this world anymore in as a functioning human. Um, and it was right at the time of the holidays, which are supposed to be happy and jolly and all of that. But it was also like holidays were different during that time. And then I got a phone call on January 1st, 2022 from a friend in Australia, um, who I've known for a long time. I met her in Hawaii. She's a former teacher and she just called me and was like, um, actually it started as like a message just on Facebook messenger. And then we had a phone call. And she's just like, I was just thinking of you. We haven't caught up in a long time. It's a new year. You know, you start to reminisce about friends. And she was like really someone who was almost like this guardian angel that came in. Um, and I write about her in my book uh, that I just had out this year, The Guided Teacher, about that was the singular moment. That was the moment that put me on this trajectory of healing and didn't realize that on January 1st, now looking back, that was the singular moment. And I credit her for that, that she just was like, you know, I think you need to listen to this podcast. Just listen to it, take it or leave it. Um, I've been doing this inner work for a long time through um, this program called T To Be Magnetic out of LA. And the program's called The Pathway. And she's like, just, just listen to it. Maybe, maybe it'll resonate. And I did, pulled me in. I can't even remember what the episode at that time was about. It could have been about anything in their program. Um, and then she's like, yeah, I work in the pathway and I do this inner work and you're doing like guided meditations. They call them DIs, which are, you know, um, a place where you can go deep into doing some shadow work and like healing your inner child and things like that. Like this was all new to me. I did not know any of this language. I knew a little bit about spirituality through just like did some meditation here and there, very, very short guided meditations through like Headspace app um, and, you know, followed like angel numbers and, and little things like this. And I just dived in and I did it for the whole winter into the spring. And we were sharing, we we're like accountability kind of like partners sharing the work because she was coming back to it. Like she did it before and she was coming back to it. So we were for months, you know, we didn't talk for like a good, maybe six months on the phone, maybe years. Um, since she moved to Australia, she used to live in North Carolina. I think the last time I physically saw her was 2015. And now we were having this back and forth. And I'm like, now I can, you know, see it as that, that was divine intervention. Like, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, source, plopped this friend back into my life, tapped me on the shoulder, said, hey, just check this out. Not like pushing anything, 
Just like, this is something I'm working on. I have found it healing. It seems like you, you know, maybe are looking for something. I don't know what that is, but just check this out. And then we had this back and forth and it was like the most unbelievable late winter spring because that's when I started getting the downloads of um, start a podcast, which I started the teacher story and building community. And then eventually that led to building the teacher circle on LinkedIn with two other teachers. And then just like community building on LinkedIn, like I would have never even thought of LinkedIn as a place that not only is for networking, but literally like building community and the most uh, like deep friendships <laughs> that I've had in my whole life. And then I was just about to turn 40 in July, 2022. And then that's really where like the spiritual journey started. So the healing that had to be cracked open first. And then I had to be ripe and ready for a spiritual connection, which was just has been so powerful. I'll, I'll stop there in case you had any questions, but I could go whoa, down that road and share about that too. So yeah, I just wanted to highlight one person um, and one singular conversation. And I could have easily said, yeah, not for me. I'm not going to check it out. Thank you for checking in on me, you know. And actually at that time, I was like thinking about just looking at other jobs. I was like, maybe I just need another job to feel fulfilled. And maybe that will clear up this numbness. I, went, I wanted to still stay in education, but maybe like I just needed to do something where I'm like not in this like crazy, manic, high pressure, intense kind of position. Um and I'll talk about that later because I'm kind of coming back around to that. But the healing had to happen. A job is not going to save you. A new partner is not going to save you. Moving somewhere. It can. I've known people that have done that. But if you haven't actually worked on the inner work and the healing, all of those transitional things in your life won't actually like make the big difference. Like you have to do the inner healing. And now I, I get that because now two years later, I'm at this pivotal moment of what is like this now transition that I'm looking to get into in my career and just other things in my mission. Like you mentioned my mission in education. So um, yeah, that was really the beginning stages. It was really powerful, yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And and sometimes, like in your instance, it was one person, one one message that that made you start thinking. In other people's, and in my, I didn't understand Dark Knight of the Soul until I'd gone through it, come out the other side, and done a lot of healing. I'm like, oh, now I understand what that was. Um, so, I mean, anything can lead to that Dark Knight of the Soul. When we're talking about it, it's like a deep, dark depression. And you kind of, you pull back and draw into yourself and isolate yourself from other people. Um, and it is our, it's our, I believe that's our self, our higher self telling us we need that time. We need to take mm -hmm. that time and go inwards. And that's why we pull ourselves back and away from people so that we can do that inner work. And, and that inner work looks different for everybody because healing is not just, you know, when, when most people think about healing, they tend to think about the physical, what they can eat and what they should be drinking and what exercise and sleep. 
but there's so much more and your specific healing was around the the spiritual aspects of healing um but there's also then there's the emotional and the mental and you were doing the mental with the meditation doing through the um headspace app you, you mentioned mm -hmm. um but you could do it through guided videos on a video platform or you could do it sitting quietly there's lots of ways to do that mental healing Mm. Uh, and that that spiritual healing that you've gone through is I, I believe is about reconnecting to yourself that little voice within you as you said what you know what do you call it some people call it god some people call it the universe the spirit the angels um the higher wisdom the inner the inner wisdom the higher self there's so many different names mm -hmm. but we need to tune into that because we i think in modern day we've we've separated that and stepped away from it um and most of us tend to be run on our ego which is there as a as a self-help um protection mechanism but it can be a bit like an overprotective parent mm -hmm. whereas when we listen to that inner voice the higher self whatever name you give it that truly is there for us isn't it to help us mm -hmm. and guide us on our way yeah, and I like this. Um, I haven't thought about it this way. The dark night of the soul as like an event or, you know, something that you're going through is it always like at first sounds so negative and it sounds so like, oh my gosh, you went through this really dark period. And we look at depression as like, wow, like that someone's really weak and they're really going through a tough time. But honestly, like, if you get to that point, you're actually already on the healing journey because you're not staying status quo. You're not staying um, asleep. Asleep to just going through the motions. If something hits you and you're like, whoa, it like moves through you and you're like, wait a second, this is, this is not where I want to be. And that's actually part of the healing. So the healing actually happened before that friend messaged me. It's almost like maybe the energy through the ether, she got a sense of, she's very in the spiritual world as well. And she definitely has like intuitive like gifts. Um, she might've just tapped in because I believe we're all psychically connected in some way where um, we can feel energy, especially if we're very close with people. And both myself and her have gone through a lot of life transitions for like the last, I wanna say 15 years of being in a friendship together um, and been plopped in each other's life in different ways, whether it's physically or now virtually when things were transitioning. And so maybe that call through my energy was put out there and she like sensed it and then messaged me because it was it was so random I mean you know it's a new year but we didn't talk for so long and I always believe in like divine intervention in that way but I like that that that's a part of the healing and it is actually a very positive thing because you almost have to go through that void in order to come back to the light because it's all about you know, this, and I write about it in my book, it's all about the light and the dark, and you have to go to the dark, the shadow, the void, all of that, to then come back to the light. And when you get on that path, like, I could say, like, I healed myself, but like, I'm still healing myself, we're always healing ourselves, yeah. our whole existence. Um, because there's going to be another wave 
of maybe another shadow or dark period. There's going to be another layer. So I would say that I did the mental first and then I got through kind of like the emotional unblocking through that pathway program. And then that led me to spiritual healing. And now I feel like, especially being in my forties, um, I'm definitely in a really tough spot in my physical healing and physical journey, not going anything major as I, before I jumped on this call, I said, Oh, I have a cold right now. I'm feeling sick, but my immune system feels worn down. I'm, I'm letting stress of things in my life work. Other things start to impact my immune system and my health and needing to really, um, prioritize like rest has been a key thing. So I'm on my winter break right now from school. And I had, had one social thing so far, which was last night. And it's probably why I feel kind of stuffy because I went into the city and I never go into the city. And I realized like, oh my gosh, like my body like doesn't adjust to this anymore. Like going out like late at night with friends and doing a social event and then being in the city. And there's just like pollution and all this stuff. Like I could feel the toxins wanting to come out of my body. But um, I prioritize rest on this, this break. And when I do have breaks, because it is something that, especially as you get older, your body is going to talk to you, like your body's speaking to you. And when you're kind of worn out, it's saying like you, you need to rest, right? You need to have that equilibrium and balance and bring that back. So I feel like that's like a stage I'm going through now. Um, but it is like kind of like, and everyone goes through in different stages. It could be a physical healing first, maybe like someone's going through a really hard time physically, maybe a disease they're, you know, needing to heal themselves that way. And then it opens up into maybe the emotional healing. So everyone has a different way of doing it. And the spiritual aspect, like you mentioned, whatever people call it, um, it doesn't have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to be religious. And for me, it's not really religious, um, but it's tapping into your voice. So if you tap into your voice, higher self, you know, we all get there in a different way. It's all the same thing. Like it doesn't have to be woo-woo. Like people don't be like, oh, she's talking spiritual stuff. This isn't for me. Like it, I've been in this space now for the last couple of years and people in the science world, quantum physics, like it's, it's the same thing. Like however you want to look at like what we're tapping into internally and how we look at the connection of the bigger picture of the world and how we're connected. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's just, we're using different language and it's whatever our belief system wants to attach to it to make sense of it, but it's really getting to the same point. Um, and you're right. Like the ego kind of, kind of steps in. It's like trying to be the parent, like, Oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Like the fear base comes in and then we have to get back to like, what is that that voice saying? That's really the inner knowing. Um, and that's something my meditation work now has been much deeper. Not only longer meditations, I still kind of do it as a guided meditation. I use this other app called Insight Timer, which has been powerful for me because I just started um, recently. I did pay for, a, it's free, but I paid for it's like a monthly fee of 10 bucks. It's really not a lot, but to do the courses, they have these 
full blown courses that you can go through and do like a week course or a month course. And there are different themes of different types of meditation. Like meditation can look like so many different things. And I found it to be really healing in a time period. I just got off of doing a week long one um, with a very stressful time of year at school and just, it's the holidays, there's a lot going on. And I need, I needed that time to tap in to my like inner voice again. Um, Cause it's always like a coming back to, right? This healing journey, we can yeah. steer off of it. <laughs> we get tossed back into the busy, busy, busy of the world, right? And everything going on. And then when you're doing this work, you're able to catch yourself and go, wait a second, I need to come back to this work. I need to come back to that inner voice because I've been away for a little bit and I can see that um, I'm, I'm not going in a direction that I want to be going in. I'm not feeling very healthy in whatever that looks like physically, emotionally. Maybe I'm not doing dealing with stress well. And you just come back to it. You don't have to beat yourself up. I think a lot of this work takes grace. I've been using that word a lot. Yes. Having grace with yourself and not beating yourself up when you go off track a little bit and you've been like too busy or too stressed out or not so healthy. And you're like, you know what? Just come back to it. It's always here. The practice is always here. And when you're able to catch yourself a little bit faster each time, because it's like working a muscle, like doing any kind of healing work, it's a muscle. And the more you do it, when you get off track, you actually can catch yourself faster and get back on track and then start to practice it more deliberately. So I would say, yeah, grace and um, just a lot of self-love, you know, you need for yourself. It's very important. Much. And very much so. And I think as well, becoming conscious of what you're doing and how you're spending your time and bringing yourself consciously back into yourself and I found something a couple of years ago called gorilla meditations. Mm. And that's literally seconds into minutes. So it's, it's, you know, for really busy people, you don't need to take 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, two hours to meditate. You can do it in the seconds, literally a few seconds or a few minutes. You, the time is totally up to you. And you just bring everything back into yourself and just breathe mm. and just literally just be. Um, mm-hmm. But with the focus on the breathing, slowing it down, calming your nervous system down. And you could do that several times a day, you know, because you could do that literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's just coming back into yourself at, at whenever you can for however long you can. And, you know, there's a lot of people think when I first did, when I first started meditating, I had to sit cross-legged on the floor and <laughs> be quiet Um, because I didn't know what meditation was you know when you first start into it if you have no idea that was the first thing that came into my mind yes for me personally when I started meditating as I was starting to heal the depression I was in I just had this voice on my shoulder all the time with negative words and the Mm. way I could shut it up was using the guided meditations so I'm listening and making the pictures of what the, the guide is taking the, the journey I'm going on, which stopped that voice. And then I found as I got more into it, I was able then to do some silent meditations and just become 
like a conscious observer of what's mm. going on in my mind if it's if it's still being busy or if not just to relax and empty my mind and use my senses to feel here whatever's going on around me but absolutely mm-hmm. give yourself grace you know you, you can only do what you can do with the time you've got and the tools that you've got yeah and I, I was thinking of even like in meditation too whether you do it guided or especially when you get into like a quiet meditation is if you can see yourself your higher self or that inner voice as like the observer watching the show which the show is how we are in our ego in like our just regular day-to-day what we're doing right like going to school doing a job being a wife cleaning the house right taking care taking care of my dogs like when you can remove yourself and just watch like the movie of your life it's a different perspective and it actually can be part of the healing because it doesn't feel so personal or like a bruised ego when you're like oh why did i say that or why did i do that or oh i haven't been taking care of myself again oh i really need to get back to the gym and there's the judgment is the ego but when you remove yourself in meditation and you could do this like just cognitively like awake um you just say, wait a second, like, I'm just, I'm living this life. I'm, I'm playing out this movie. Like, I have a lot of internal control over it. I just need to, like, switch a mindset. And you can switch it in a second. Like, once again, it's a muscle. It's a practice. So I've recently been um, talking about this in my psychology class because we're doing clinical psychology about rumination. Rumination is those thoughts going over and over and over again, whether that's depressed thoughts, anxious thoughts. I had, you know, not bad anxiety where I was going to seek therapy or take anti-anxiety medication as um, a teen and adult, young adult, but I had anxiety and I can go back and I tell my students this, I'm really open with them. I had those ruminating thoughts. They just went over and over and over again. And now as an adult that is learning more about meditation and doing the inner work, I can catch myself and go, why do I want to be on that hamster wheel right now? That's, that does not seem healing. That does not seem like a good place to be. Like, I'm just going to get off of it. <laughs> like, and you just, you make that decision and you're just like, it's like, again, you're, you're the director of your life. So like your higher self, inner voice, whatever you call it is directing this whole movie. And as soon as there is a part of you that's going in a direction you don't like, just just bring it back to center and say, let's pause and let's just think about this in a different way. Do I want to be thinking like this? No. Is it serving me in any way? Not really. So let's just stop it. And it takes work. I mean, I'm not perfect at it all the time. So I, um, I need to bring myself back sometimes by having conversations like I mentioned with my friend. So I was having some ruminating thoughts again recently um, in my job. And I was feeling kind of insecure and icky about just some stuff. And, you know, I get a little bit of that rumination. And then I just texted kind of some friends that I know I can share things with. And they help me bring me back to center. So don't feel like you also have to do it on your own. If you do have some people in your life that you can be vulnerable with, Sometimes they can be the ones that bring you back to center. But the more you do that, it does get easier and it you can do it faster. Um, and so 
I just found like, just keep practicing and journaling helps too, because if you do have those ruminating thoughts, if you are feeling anxious or depressed about something, um, I started getting back into journaling on a daily basis. And again, it doesn't even have to be long. Like you talked about kind of the micro meditations. Like yeah. I have a friend who starts each morning and just writes down five things that she's grateful for. Boom. That takes like 30 seconds out the door. Yeah. And it just frames the day and it frames your thinking. Or if you do have some anxious thoughts, just write down those thoughts, just write them down on paper. And then you can kind of like come back to it and be like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't really think like that anymore. Like, I don't need to worry about that. Sometimes you just have to do something with it, yeah. you know, and everyone has it in a different way. Maybe that's going for a walk or a run, singing, um, but finding that way to stop the rumination and coming back to center. But I like this analogy of thinking you're, you are the director of your life movie and you can pause and redirect at any time. And that is that internal locus of control. Again, I'm bringing a lot of things I talk about in psychology. Um, there's the internal locus of control versus external locus of control. And external is like, well, the world is controlling everything. People are controlling my thoughts and behaviors and things about my life. That's not really true. There's a lot of things, yes, that feel like it's external forces, but you have a lot more internal control than we we forget about it. Like you can just, again, redirect. You can be going through a hardship in your life, but how do you want to frame it? Like, how do you want to frame your perspective of that, that hardship or, you know, um, again, leaning on people. Like if I'm going through a hardship or going through hard times, well, I could reframe and say, but look at all these people I have that love me yeah. and that are there for me. And I'm not doing this alone, you know? And so it's, um, yeah, it's just redirecting and bringing it back to center and just keep doing it because it is, it is something you have to practice. Um, and if you get off course for a long time, like months or even years, it is harder, but you can come back to the practice really effortlessly um, the more that you do this. So it just takes like just trying it, just trying something. The first thing tomorrow, you could be like, I'm just, you know, what? I'm just going to journal, see how that feels. Yeah. And that's gratitude, all it takes. gratitude is so powerful as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. When we start to look, around us at what we've got to be grateful for it it starts opening our mind to look for more things to be grateful for and we know whether it's just a great cup of coffee a message with a friend a walk outside there is so much you know we've got gray skies at the minute but it would they were blue earlier <laughs> um and if i look hard enough somewhere there'll be a little tiny break in the cloud and there'll be a little bit of blue sky um, the flowers around you, a child laughing, being outside with your dog, the freedom that we've got to, to, to go outside and, you know, be who we are. There's so much to practice gratitude for. But before we can do that, I think we have to become conscious of mm -hmm. these ruminating thoughts and become conscious of um, what's going on in our lives. 
Yeah, the conscious work is really important. And that's like really fully being awake. Cause like we could think of consciousness in so many different ways. Um, again, this is something I just taught recently. This is like connecting to all my lessons in psychology right now. But I talked about the different states of consciousness and just being awake. Yes, like I'm alert. I know I'm alive. I'm sitting in my home office. I'm having a conversation with Sarah. That's being alert and awake is conscious. But a higher state of consciousness is like really being in, in tune with yourself and your surroundings and paying attention. Um, and I find like finding the, those little things that you can be grateful for is really being in tuned and being awake, like breathing. Like I remember during COVID, because it was, we all were dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. Yes. And we're watching videos and seeing how people could get really, really sick, hospitalized, even die. I mean, it was very, very fear, scary. Yeah. And I remember sitting in bed and just thinking, I just took a deep breath. That is a beautiful thing. The fact that I can take this deep breath at this time right now, like I'm okay. Like, and when, and saying like, I'm okay, like everything's going to be fine you know, we're locked down in our house. So we weren't like seeing anyone and fearful of getting sick, but it's like those little things, like you said, going for a walk outside or just going outside and having the freedom to go outside and walk somewhere. Um, that's being very awake, being very conscious when you pay attention to those little things. I've, I've started to do like funny little things in the morning, especially like in the winter time. Again, I have a cold, not feeling so well. I got these little like clementines because eating like a whole orange because I eat like a lot of fruit and other things in the morning. It's just like enough like little vitamin C and I still take other vitamins and whatnot. <laughs> As I'm like peeling this clementine, I'm like getting excited. I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat this clementine. It's going to taste so juicy. I am ready for it. And then I eat like the first slice and I get really excited. It's like the the simplest, smallest little thing. And I'm like, this clementine is so good. It is filling up my body with so much vitamin C. It's just like instantly I eat it and I feel like really good. Yeah. And it's part mental, like it's physical. I mean, I know it's good for my body, but I'm like gearing myself up for this delicious clementine. And then I eat it and I'm like, I'm even like doing a little dance. I'm like, this is such a good clementine. And it sounds so silly, but it makes me feel really good. And I get excited every morning for breakfast because breakfast is like, for me is the most important meal of the day. And I frame things about my morning, even if I'm like, I'm gonna have a busy day at school. I got a busy thing all these meetings, but I'm like, I have this breakfast that I really enjoy. I like, as soon as I eat that clementine, I'm like, I feel like awake. And I don't know. It's just like taking the time to notice all the little things that feed you, like feed your body, feed your soul, feed your joy. And, um, you know, I don't know. It just, it takes practice, but when we do more of that, like you realize like life is really beautiful. It's really precious. Um, there's just so much goodness. There's a lot of things that are dark in the world. We're not ignoring that. We're not these like overly optimistic people walking around with our heads in the cloud going, la la la, Clementines, la la, la you know, 
Um, but especially when there's a lot of darkness in the world, especially when you have a lot of people maybe close to you going through really hard. I have friends in my life going through extreme hardships right now during the holiday season. Um, that's when we need more so to have the gratitude, to find the light, to yeah. find those little things that fill you up. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of really beautiful things about being alive and being in this life right now. Yeah. And being so, mindful yeah. as well, that, that yeah. being in with that Clementine and, and being aware of what you're doing and, and what's going on around you and how things um, appear through, through your senses, touch, taste, smell, um, using all those senses and, and being mindful of what we're doing and what we're eating. And like talking to you now, I can feel the chair beneath me. I can see you on the screen, the air's warm, just literally being totally in that moment at that time rather than running on that autopilot. You know, it's like driving a car. We can get from A to B and not know how we've done it. And we can run our lives 95% of the time on autopilot because our subconscious is running it. So if we can become mm. mindful and slow ourselves down and have that gratitude for all the things that we are able to do in our lives. Yeah. And the more like I've done this work, the, you know, going into meditation and doing the inner work, like I have found such fulfillment in just like myself, <laughs> like just like being alone and being my, my, I am a, you know, I would say I'm kind of an amnivert, right? Like I'm introverted and extroverted. I need a lot more alone time as I get older when I do social things, maybe because now I'm also doing this work more. Um, but you keep unlocking new layers of yourself. It's like a fun discovery. It's like, we think about, you know, I want to explore the world. Oh, I don't have money to travel to all the places I want to travel to. I have a long, long bucket list and slowly but surely I'll get to those places. But there is an inner world that is abundant and expansive and it's like infinite. And you can continue to unlock new layers of yourself. So like, an example, this meditation I did on Insight Timer was all about connecting to your spirit guides. And again, you don't have to believe in this. This is just something that for me, I come, I come to this work with like not this like deep belief. I come with a childlike mindset and curiosity. Yes. Like, what the heck? Let me try this out. This sounds kind of fun. Spirit guides, why not? I'm gonna meet these people Absolutely. or these spirits. And I did this eight-day course, and I had like a fox come through that was like my protector guide. And he was like smiling at me. And I'm I'm just literally having fun. I'm having a ball, like visualizing these things. And people could be like, that sounds ridiculous. Like if they don't believe in this stuff. And it's like, that's cool. That's fine. But guess what? I'm having a ball with myself. Like I'm doing this yeah. inner work. A unicorn shows up and it's like flipping its hair around. It's got like rainbows all around. I'm like, why not? This is silly. Like life doesn't have to be so serious too. And spirituality or doing this kind of work, it sounds so like healing and serious. Like it could be quite silly and fun. And like that unlocks that inner child. Because when you think about it, when you're a little kid, everything is just like play and discovery. And you're like, everything's a possibility. You're like, I'm going to imagine this whole world. So 
I had another thing come up when I did this meditation with Wizard of Oz. And I was thinking of these spirit guides that I was connecting with represent people in my life that have been there for me recently. So again, I was sharing how I was going through some stressful times with school and just you know holiday season. And I called on some people to help bring me back to center. And in this meditation, I was making this connection of these kind of guides that I'm visualizing and like getting into in this meditation, they remind me of people in my life. And then Wizard of Oz came to mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like Dorothy. It's like Dorothy goes in this dreamlike state, meets these characters that represent the heart, the brain, courage, and things you want to unlock in yourself, right? And then when she wakes up, those people are in her life, right? This all came from a meditation. You tap into the way your brain or soul, spirit, all of it, how it operates and how it talks to you and connects with you. And we're all different, different things come up. And I have found the more I've done it recently is I have a very playful mind. And then I was like, oh, this reminds me of when I was a kid. Like I'm a very playful type of person. And I lose it sometimes when I'm adult, you know, adulting adulting in the real world and getting stressed (laughs) out. And I'm like, But when I do this time to meditate or just go into these other spaces, like, I'm like, I'm a very playful, imaginative person. And that's what's helped me look at myself as a creator. Like, I never thought I was creative until I created a podcast. And then I wrote my first book and I plan on writing several other books. And, you know, I might do a joint podcast with another teacher friend of mine. And before that, 2022 time, I never saw myself as creative. I, I'm married to a creative husband. He's a musician. I have artists in my family. I had limiting, self-limiting beliefs of like, I'm not a creative person. I'm just a teacher, which there's creative aspects to it. But there was a part where I'm like, I'm just doing a bunch of things and I'm allowing, I'm helping other people be creative. I'm helping other people see their light and potential. And there was that point before I did this work that I felt, what am I doing? Like I'm helping all these people and guiding all these people, which is great, but I don't see it in me. Like I don't see that I could do something like that. And then I started doing it and believing it. And now even more so, I'm like, oh, I'm very imaginative. I'm very playful. I'm very creative. I I make these what might seem sometimes like weird connections, but then they do make sense. And like, I see, I see a lot of like the world. I just see the world in a different way than I did two years ago. This is two years. It's crazy. Um, And I'm 41 years old. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I tapped into this now. I wish I did it sooner, but I still got, you know, a lot of time. And I don't know, what what else is going to be unlocked down the road? Like it makes me think of how it could be so expansive. Your life can just continue to unlock all of these layers. So now I've come to this realization in the work I've been doing as a teacher and like with the podcast and my mission is like, if I got here now at starting at 40 years old and I'm so excited about life, but I'm like 40 years old, like I didn't have a midlife crisis. 
I didn't turn 40 and think like, oh my God, I'm 40. Some people do go through that. But because I started this journey, it got me excited about the rest of my life. But I'm like, what if we could do this with our young people? Start unlocking this potential in elementary school, in middle school, in high school. And they're like 18 adult, whether they go to college, work, entrepreneur, and they like could see how they're already unlocking all these layers of who they are instead of the world burying it. The world is trying to bury it. Your ego is trying to bury it. But you unlock the potential when they're ripe as a child, when they already see their potential. Oh my gosh, you're you're talking about like superhumans. Like you're talking about people who could be the most- Changing the world. Changing the world, the most amazing healers the most amazing creators for good, for good. And I think we need that right now. I've been, I know I'm going on a lot of tangents right now, but um, I've been listening to this podcast a friend sent me about AI and how it can be scary, but how it could be really great. So I think it's how we use it with our young people and how we unlock their potential. Yes. So if we unlock their potential and have them tap into their inner work, their inner self, and they got this technology and they're co-creating with it because what you feed that technology is what it's going to be. So Absolutely. we can feed light and love and potential to the technology. It could be the most amazing world. So that's what it's like a, someone who used to work for Google who was behind creating all this AI. And he's like, it can go either way. You can have it be completely yes. expansive and help humanity and like co-create and be this this utopia, or it could you know yeah, you know be yeah. about fear, be about you know power and all of that. So um, I think it could now doing this work, it could be so beneficial to do yeah. this with our kids in schools with parents doing it with their kids like. It's it's like the magic pill. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the medicine. It really is. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Jackie, I'm gonna have to bring this to a close now. Um, thank you so much for all your sharing, so much information that people can hopefully listen to and change the way they see their lives and, and the way that they can open up their futures. So could you share one tip with the listeners on what they could do, one small thing they could do today that will help them in their own journey? I would say just one small thing is just spend some time thinking about what do you enjoy? Like what gives you joy? What fills you up? What maybe um, is something you could do very simple that would bring a little bit of that joy and that peace to you? Like I said, for me, the journaling and the meditation has been really helpful. But if you're like, I really like getting outside and going for a walk, I do enjoy that too. Or I like painting. I like listening to music. I like singing. Um, I like, you know, playing with my kids and that gets me into a place. So like, I think it's just, again, bringing yourself back to center and being conscious and say, what is something that I enjoy? Um, what it, What brings me peace? And it's something I could do really easily. Like, again, write something down you're grateful for, go on a short walk, um, sing a song, 
you know, dance around the kitchen. Um, you do that one thing and check in with yourself of how you feel. And you're like, Ooh, that felt really good. Keep doing it, you know, and then use it as like an exercise. You're working a muscle and then it becomes, it kind of becomes part of your new way of being. Wonderful. Thank you. And where can the listeners find you? you So you can find me. Yes, I'm online. Thank you. Um, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So you can find me there, Jackie Scully. It's uh, M-E-D because there's a lot of Jackie Scullys. And you can, if you want to tune into my podcast, it's called The Teacher's Story. It's on all of the different podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, I also have a website. It's JackieCScully.com. But yeah, I'm online. You can find me in lots of places. <laughs> Wonderful. And I'll put all that in the information down below. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you for sharing, Jackie.